Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. And it is the start of a new arc. Are Welcome you ready? Welcome to season six, everyone. Season six. We're ready. This is fun. I'm excited. So for people who are new to the show, every even season, I guess, is a connected arc of ten escape rooms combined with a with a meta narrative with a story so we are starting one of those so welcome to part one to chapter one if you haven't listened already we did release both a teaser and an introduction to the arc episodes it will be well worth your time to listen they're not very long but it will definitely give you some much needed context for yes. what's going pause on pause this go back yes. we'll wait and then you can come and, and and continue on but for everybody else now that you're back let's get into it so every Episode, we have an escape room designed by Danny out of nothing, out of her imagination, pulled from the ether, handed to her by God, and we have guests yeah, on. Like to come, yes. We have guests on to come and play through the room and solve the puzzles and, and experience the story and, and be very mean to a bunch of NPCs. And this episode, our guest, returning guest, you may remember them from the end of Children of Mysaris, we have David and Lisa Spira. Hi, how are you going? We have the room escape artist. Hello, thank you for having us. <laughs> Hello. You look so strange as you said that. There was a second where I was really going to call them room escape divas, and that is not right. That's okay. I mean, we can be diva-esque, but we're not the divas. <laughs> uh, so welcome back. You guys are, are wonderful. Uh, I'm sure most people listening will already know you and, and know the stuff you do, but do you want to give a rundown of what's going on in, in room escape artist land? Sure. Uh, so Room Escape Artist is our website where we write about escape rooms. We write tips for players and designers and reviews of escape rooms and escape room related products. Um, we write industry commentary. We keep a directory of escape rooms in the United States. And more recently, we've launched a number of new projects. We run escape room tours. This year's tours are going to Montreal, which is sold out, and also to 13th Hour Escape Room in New Jersey, not to be confused with 13th Gate, where we have taken tours in the past, um, but another really lovely and talented escape room company. And this year, we've also hosted a convention that will be happening in August in Boston. Announced a convention. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very exciting. So this is this uh, this is like an industry an industry convention in Boston. Uh, it, it seems really cool. I'm assuming there'll be links right now below for people to be able to buy tickets and things. Yes. If any are left. To, if any are left. Through no. internet magic, there will, be, there will be links to tickets. They are purchasable. Uh, and I'm assuming that there will be some left. So the, <laughs> the basic idea here is that we want to put on a gathering for people who want to create really wonderful escape rooms. This year, the first year that we're doing this, we're going to be putting a heavy emphasis on striking the right balance between managing a financial uh, financially responsible business and producing high quality engaging escape games we're bringing in top tier talent from around the world to speak at this we're working with them to help help them write a good talk make sure that it's well rehearsed well delivered fact checked it's engaging and the other thing that we really are trying to do is make sure that Escape, an escape room convention mirrors the escape rooms in that they are an immersive and engaging activity. And we're trying to eliminate this whole, you're in school and you're just sitting there listening to people talk at you for <laughs> eight hours. Um, so we have a lot of different plans for how to um, really engage the audience and help, help pull them into this whole experience, make it multidirectional. That's really great. And I'm sure when we do our post episode, 
I am just going to want to talk about this a lot more. <laughs> Good. Good. We really want to talk about it. We're pretty excited about it. <laughs> There's no time for talking now. We've got games to play. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we've asked you these questions before when you were first on, but we'll, we'll recap Quick a little recap. bit. Now, obviously, it would be weird to ask you if you have any escape room experience, but I, no. maybe I'll, I'll ask. Ask it. Ask it. Uh, okay. Here we go. I'll ask. Uh, so what is your guys' uh, experience? Have you played an escape room in real life before? We, yeah, we, have you ever we, done an escape room? We've played a few. <laughs> <laughs> the best possible answer. Where do, you, where do you currently sit on the rankings of people who have played escape rooms? We have played more than most people, but not the most. Yeah. Mm, that seems fair. So like, oh, like 20 or 30. Exactly. How did you know? <laughs> um, do I, we, should have a more, we should have a more focused version of this question which is how many different forms of escape rooms have you played? Obviously, oh, you've played gosh. our audio-only ones and you've played real ones. Have you done anything else that breaks the, the, the structure of a normal room? We've played VR ones. And video games nice. and tabletop games. So many tabletop games. A few of them have been really mm -hmm. good and many of them have not. We played one for the NES. Yeah, we, play, yeah, we played, oh, really? we played an, escape, an escape game that was programmed into a Nintendo, a Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge. That's okay. like, and that was a recent thing, wasn't it? That was yeah, that like, was pretty recent. Done it. It's not, it's not. You didn't uncover an old escape room from 1982. It was time travel. <laughs> oh. Touche. Um, that's really cool. And, and you already and so, jumped into question two. Yeah, and so in terms of tabletop role playing, especially rather than just escape rooms, do you have any? Extensive experience in that? Any any new experience since you were last on our show? Um, we've been playing D and D a little bit more. Wonderful. Who are your characters? I haven't had a consistent character yet. No, but you've been you've been playing like cl clerics who worship the god of order. That's true. <laughs> nice. It's our god of efficiency. That efficiency. Is... It was the god of efficiency. Oh, that's even better. Yes. Do you do you not have a consistent character because you just keep changing and it's just new day, new character, or, you just or die because you die session. a lot? We keep playing with different people. We haven't. Yeah. Our schedule is really chaotic because mm. we just do it. We do a lot of different stuff. So all the people that we really, really want to play D&D with, they're like, yeah, come on over. It's going to be great. And we go, we play there and we have a good time with them. And they're like, so same time next eight week. And we're like, how's oh. three months from now? Yeah. We had to do that once. Yeah. Same D &D time next group. week is just like, oh. you just look at them. You think, oh. don't, do you, do you, what do you think of me? Do you think I don't have a life? <laughs> Like, you think uh, I don't have things to do? Oh, see, I didn't feel that. I just felt <laughs> bad. I just went, I thought I'm a, I'm a committed person. I like doing things regularly. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, t t yeah. For, for us, it's not on them. It really is on us. I always feel bad about it, but that's how we yeah. ended up with different characters because every time we play with different people and kind of build something new-ish. Fair. All right, well... I think with all that said, we're probably ready to go. Let's get into this. Now, just as a reminder to everybody, both playing and listening, uh, I am now, I've, I will not be playing in this game. Probably I don't think I'll be playing in any this entire arc. You'll be all guest players. So yes. I'm here Ooh. merely to judge and laugh and offer sage advice. But that's about all I've got. All right. Danny, let's get so, started. Once again, if you have not listened to the previous episode, the introductory episode, please, please do, because this one's just going to jump right in there. Doc Bill sits in front of one of the many computers in the lab. I'm able to locate the position that the time anomaly took place. That must be Greg. And I'm seeing quite a large time spike. It must be serious. 
I believe someone who wasn't supposed to die may have done so. You can't make a blunder much bigger than that. He whirls around to a different desk and pulls open a drawer. Put on these watches. They contain the technology that to bring you back to the lab after a certain amount of time has passed. Their alarms will go off when it's about to happen, so you want to make sure nobody sees you. As for your clothes, well, hopefully people in the past don't ask too many questions. Now, if you'll step into the machine... Well, okay, this is really happening. Time to fix Assistant Greg's terrible time mistake, then. You approach the... transporter? Its automatic doors slide open and the two of you step inside. Good luck! Thanks! I hope you end up somewhere good! The computer fills in all the details! I actually have no idea where or where you're going! Oh! Okay! Well, you don't have time to complain about that because suddenly, there is... an explosion inside your heads. It's like being pulled apart and squished together all at the same time and the noise is deafening and everything goes black. And then... Then it's over. And you're not standing inside the transporter anymore. Instead, you're in a broad room made of wood and colourful tiles. You look around, taking in the surroundings. AKA, starting to draw. I'm on it already. So every free space on the walls is coated in elaborate art. There are also several open doors leading off this main room in all directions, putting you in the very centre. Okay. To the left, not your left, just the left. The west. Sure. You see open curtains leading to what look like a study. And on either side of this, so in the upper and lower left corners, are identical looking dining rooms. Are there two doors then? Uh, Yes. So the study just has open curtains and the two dining rooms each has an open door. The walls just outside these dining rooms have portraits hanging on them. So this is actually the north and south wall just outside the dining rooms. Standing right in front of one of these portraits is a large marble statue of a man. Then across the north wall, there are two identical bedrooms, and looking south, there are two more bedrooms right opposite those ones. So all four of them identical. So there are four bedrooms. Yep. Two on the north, two on the south. Okay. Now, in the very center of this central room, there are some slightly odd things. There's a small man-made pool of water, for one. And looking up at the ceiling, you see a square hole leading right out to the sky. Now, is it a hole or a skylight? It's definitely a hole. There oh. is nothing blocking it. Well, <laughs> it's like a... I labeled it skylight. All right. It's like a skylight. I mean, skylight. all natural skylight. It's a skylight just with nothing to stop things. Like, if a bird died, it would fall through the skylight onto the floor. Okay, so I have it labeled as natural interactive skylight. Thank you. All right. Uh, beside this water pool is a fancy coloured tile mosaic. And against the right wall, well, there's a hallway that leads to a front door in the middle, but on either side of that are two rooms with closed doors, so you cannot see what they are. But what you do see is a girl pounding on one of these doors. You approach her. One of you says hello. Which one of you says hello? I will say hello. All right. Good job. 
She looks surprised to see you for a second and very, very puzzled, but she's taking it remarkably in stride that two people have just appeared out of nowhere, presumably inside her house. She takes in your appearance and you take in hers. Her clothes are... they're significantly more long, fancy dress and shawl-y than yours. And when she replies to you, that's not English. That's not a language that you are very familiar with. You're pretty sure that that's rapid Latin that she's speaking. You may have gone quite far back in time. Yikes. But according to Doc Bill, someone died who wasn't supposed to die. If it's her, great. You should probably ask her name. And she answers, Yulia. Okay, so Julia. She goes back to fighting with the door. But hold on a second. At the moment, it seems like this is just a perfectly nice ancient Roman house. What did Greg the assistant do to put her life in danger? What's going on? Then you notice that the air smells a bit funny. It's kind of like a rank smokiness. Oh no, I think I know where we are. Would you like to go outside? Yeah, I definitely want to go outside and take a look around. Yeah, you take a look out into, you walk out the front door, it opens just fine, and you look out into the, well, you want to say the distance, but the not-so-distance. Uh, yeah, there, there's a massive, there's a volcano, massively right? massive, uh, yeah, there's a massively massive mountain with plumes of black smoke coming right from it into the air. Um, yeah, seeing Mount Vesuvius up close and personal wasn't 100% on your bucket list like this. I mean, I've seen it. But okay. I've seen it before, but I, I've never seen it with its top. <laughs> I have to admit, it's 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 less intimidating topless. <laughs> Isn't everything? <laughs> Not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> you run back to Julia and try your best to communicate that you need to run to leave town, which you guess now must be Pompeii or one of the surrounding ones. She can't understand a word you're saying, but she already seems to be aware that she needs to leave. But there's something stopping her. She points at the closed, seemingly locked door. Parter, she says. Parter? That one you know. I think she's looking for her dad. Yeah, that one means father. Okay. You you need to find a way to get him out because, well, she's not leaving without him, clearly. And for all you know, he's actually the one that you've got to save. What did you do, Greg? Damn it, Greg. <laughs> yeah, really, Greg, come on. All, all right. right. It's all you now. Okay, so um, let's... So the door's locked. The door's locked. Julia needs to get in. Exactly. Did you bring anything to pick locks? Not these kinds of <laughs> locks. I don't know what these <laughs> locks are. You haven't practiced ancient mm-hmm. Roman locks? I don't know what they <laughs> even are. How would they practice? <laughs> okay. Well, it's actually, it's actually, it looks... Pretty normal. This door that she's struggling with, uh, it does look like it just needs a key to open. There is also an indent in the door's surface, a long rectangular indent. Hmm. I push on the indent. Nothing seems to happen. It looks almost like a space of something missing. Ah, okay. Uh, Rather than a thing that does something. So we need to find a thing and or a key. I want to go take a look at that mosaic. So this is a floor mosaic, and it's quite nice. It's quite elaborate. It's got some pretty patterns. 
but within the pattern, there are seven specific tiles that have actual pictures on them that aren't just random patterns. Uh, these seven are positioned in a vertical line, so one on top of the other, and they only have very narrow gaps separating them. These pictures are all mythological creatures, which very helpfully have their names in fancy calligraphy around them. So let's take a look at some of these pictures. The one on the top of these seven is a pyralis. Excuse my pronunciation, but I'm going with uh, Latin changed in how they pronounced everything, so there's no wrong way to pronounce Latin. Sure. There's a, py <laughs> so a pyralis, which is a dragon, but it's the size and has many features of an insect. If you Google it, it looks kind of like a wasp, but a dragon wasp. Okay, I wrote it down and drew it. Excellent. I can't wait to say it. <laughs> All right, the next one is a fawn. Probably the most familiar one on this list. Creature, upper body of a man, lower body of a goat. It's a bad drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I like it. It's a stick figure man goat. Uh, it's bad. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wasn't pronounced enough. I didn't hear it. <laughs> the next one is where it gets fun to say a catoblepas, which is a buffalo with a huge head that breeds poison. It's the best kind of buffalo. The next one is a caladrius. A small white bird that apparently in myth takes away people's sickness. Or doesn't if it doesn't like you. <laughs> but it has the ability to take away your sickness. <laughs> the next one you see is a, a Strix. A large owl-like bird that feeds on human flesh and is associated with witchcraft. And all sorts of occult nonsense. Yeah, occult nonsense. And the next one is an Achlis, A-C-H-L-I-S, which is an elk that has a really big upper lip. Like, its face is a little bit tapir-like. They really came up with some fascinating mythological creatures. Imagine, as far as I know, it doesn't like a, do anything. It's like a normal elk. It just elk. has a big lip. It's like a normal elk, but its lip? Oh, man. You should have seen that big lip. big lip. <laughs> Crazy. You're so wild, Narnius. And the final one is Cacus, a fire-breathing giant, son of Hephaestus. Wait, Vulcan, Vulcan, this is Rome, oh, Vulcan, wrong. son of Vulcan. Okay, we got it. Okay, I made that one awesome. bigger because it was a giant. As well you should. Okay. What do you want to take a look at? Well, we're right by the water. Let's look at that. Hmm. So this pool of water seems to be where rainwater gathers when it drains down from the natural interactive skylight. The water isn't very deep because all around the sides are narrow pipes, carrying it away to the rest of the house. Only the richest Romans get cool plumbing like this. Though the pipes are probably lead, so you don't want to partake that much. There isn't anything at the bottom of the pool, and these pipes are too narrow to really have much to do with. You can't stick a hand inside them or anything. Hmm, okay. Let's go take a look at this marble statue. It is very statuesque. Mm. You aren't sure who this is a statue of, but you remember from your old history classes that ancient Roman families often had like a household god that they depicted and maybe made offerings to in order to keep the place in good favor. 
depending on what sorts of things that they wanted. Like maybe they had a money god depicted if they decided that that was what their household was about. That was what the family valued. Uh, This god, he seems like an interesting fellow. He's sculptured in a bit of an unusual position. His face is happy, but it's also rolling with beads of sweat. His left hand is held up to his mouth like he's supposed to be eating, drinking, or smoking something, but the hand is empty. And his right arm is stretched out, holding what looks like it should be a flaming torch, only it's a statue, there's no flame coming out of it. So it's also kind of cup-like. Okay. I want to look at the portrait that's next to the statue. All of the portraits are clustered quite close together. There is one, the oldest looking one, that uh, his right hand is sort of almost right up against. So uh, on this upper area of the wall, there are three large portraits. If you look down to the south area, there are two. All of them are painted very similar fashion. You can tell that you are where some of the slightly older portraits are, but they're all pretty similar. They're all kind of elderly and you can identify some features on them that make you suspect that they're related. And again, faint memory from history class, you think these are portraits of deceased family members kept up as a memorial. That's a lovely thing to do. And what's going on with the art on the north side? Oh, just all of the wall art? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all into this art. Yeah, so all of this atrium area. Yeah, you know that it's an atrium now. Um, (laughs) It's got a definite theme going on. If there's an artistic message behind it, you don't really get it. But basically all around, there are lots of pictures of vases and painted around each one is a number of men and women. The number varies for each vase. Like there's one vase uh, over towards the front doorway that has a crowd of 10 people all surrounding this one vase. But another one closer to where you are right now is being held up by one person. Um, if we survive this, ex- is this explosion, then I'm really going to be into, uh, you know, the whole art history aspect of this. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think we've explored everything in the main room, except maybe the curtain. Is there anything special about the curtain? Mm. The curtains are spread wide open at the moment, so you can look straight into the study, but you pull them closed so you can get a good look at the curtains themselves. On the left curtain, there are images sewn into it of four men dressed in warrior's armor, two on top of the other two. The top ones are depicted facing left, and the ones on the bottom are facing right. On the right curtain, there are images of four identical lions, and all of them are facing left. That's where my my drawing ability stopped, and I wrote four lions. (laughs) 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 I didn't have enough room for lions. They're kind of big animals. Let's go into that study. You walk in through the curtains and you find that the study is pretty minimalistic. There's basically just a desk in here. Big sturdy desk, but that's about it. The person using it didn't even sit when they used it. The surface of this desk is bare except for a rectangular indentation. Another Uh indentation. Hmm. Hmm. There is also a drawer to this desk, but it does not open when you pull on it. There is something that you weren't sure that you expected to see. It doesn't quite look like your modern day one, but it's a combination lock with six letter spots. Hmm. Okay. It's locking the drawer? Yes. Okay. And that's the only other thing in the study? Yeah, everything else in here is... I mean, there's still just a continuation of some of the patterny wall art because the Romans just really liked painting everything, but nothing that seems interesting. 
Okay, let's progress to the upper dining room. This is yet another pretty ornately decorated room. The key furniture in here, there are three long lounges, which look designed for a person to recline on. And you think that you've seen this on artworks before. It's the whole wealthy Romans like to lie down on their seats while slaves brought food to them, putting it straight into their mouths. It's real. (laughs) There's no food in here at the moment, but on a small table in the middle of all of these reclining lounges, there are empty cups and plates. And as you leave the room, you notice a rectangular indent on the door. All the doors have rectangular indents for all the Hmm. things that need to be opened. Hmm. Let's go to the lower dining room. This one pretty much matches the top one exactly. Only thing is, there are no cups, no plates, anything like that in here. What there is, is a small unlit oil lamp on the wall. It's fastened on, not amazingly tightly, but still too tightly for you to just wrench it off. And again, rectangle indent on the floor. Three lounges, all the same stuff. Hmm. I guess I'm going to go to a bedroom. All right. So you enter one of the bedrooms, whichever one is closest to you at this stage, and once again, rectangular indent on the outside of the door. As far as furniture goes, these bedrooms, just as sparse as the study. Like Romans apparently didn't do anything in their bedrooms except sleep. Literally the only thing in here, pressed right up against the farthest wall, is the bed. However, the walls... Again, lots of paint going on. The artwork in here seems to be very animal-themed. Like You've got, you got horses on two of the walls, owls on another two of the walls. And uh, when you close the door, the back of the door has a lion painted on it. And like even the door handles are really elaborate. They're metal sculpted in the shapes of gladiators. Okay. I want to go take a look at the room on the other side of the hallway from, the, from where the girl is. Ah, so the lower closed door. That's the one. You, this one opens quite easily, unlike the one that she's still struggling with. What you get an impression of, and again, faint memories coming back from old history classes. Apparently in ancient Rome, wealthy houses had market stall-esque shops built into the front. Hmm. And this seems to be what you've stumbled across here. It's been virtually cleared out. Apparently whoever the shopkeeper was at this house saw the danger coming and didn't care about Julia or her family enough to stay. But yeah, so they have little shops at the front, both because it's a cool prestige thing and also because if a thief was walking by the house, they'd rob the shop rather than the house. Crafty. That's, that's an elaborate life hack right there. Right. There isn't much in the way of money or merchandise or anything here. The only thing that you do find resting on one of the many benches there's a stack of seven rectangular placards made out of thin wood. Yes. Each one with a word carved into it. <laughs> uh, you found it. Okay. All right. Let's look at these very Latin words. You find one that says tablinum. That's T-A-B-L-I-N-U-M, tablinum. One that says triclinium. That's T-R-I-C-L-I-N-I-U-M. Triclinium. One that says taberna. That's T-A-B-E-R-N-A. Taberna. Why aren't you using your Doc Bill voice? That's T-A-B-E-R-N-A. Taberna. (laughs) 
Taberna? The actor? <laughs> and four of them, the other four, all say Cubicula. That's C-U-B-I-C-U-L-A-N-R-S-T-T-U-V-W. Cubicula. I think you made that last one up. Okay, so we take, we take all of them. All right. You have a handful of wooden rectangles. Well, we're going to trial and error them on the doors, or we think we can solve this? Can we, can we show them to the girl and see if she knows where they go? She seems like she recognizes these things, but could not care less what you're doing right now. I'm, I, I point to the, to the slot on the door that she's trying to get into. She replies in a long string of Latin, and you're pretty sure some of it contains swears. Cool. I bring that up in people often. <laughs> well, we had seven creatures in this mosaic. Mm-hmm. So maybe those are related somehow. Um, are any of the other doorknobs decorative, like the one you described for the bedroom? Just the four bedroom ones are all like this. So all four bedrooms have these identical inward-facing gladiator sculpting bit things on them. But no, none of the other doorknobs are quite like this. They're all pretty, but none sculpted pretty. Hmm. Do we want to take a look at these other bedrooms? I suppose so. All the other bedrooms, the exactly the same. Yeah. They're all the same? Cool. Oh, yeah. This was... Very deliberate in their design choices. Expedite. Yay. Minimalistic. <laughs> it's coming. It's going to be a style. Um, okay. So we found our rectangles. Let's just Let's put, try one. Let's just put one into the door. Which door are you talking? And which rectangle? Um, let's put the cubicula ones into the bedroom doors. Um, why is that? Because there's four of them in four bedrooms. Yeah, that seems to make sense. All right, you start placing them. They fit indeed perfectly. And as you're doing so, you notice something a little bit interesting about two of these doors. Uh, Only two of them. On the rectangular indent, just before you put the things in, the shadow cast by the rectangular placard as you're putting it in highlights this almost a faint, almost erased circle. Uh, in the indent that looks like it would match up perfectly to where one of the letters is. So on one of these bedroom door placards, there's a circle that looks like it fits under the fourth letter of the placard that you're putting in. Which would be a U. No, wait, the fourth letter, an I. And on the other bedroom, on one of the other bedrooms that you try, there's a circle that looks like it fits under the final letter. A. The other two bedrooms don't have any circle at all. Hmm, okay. Okay. Um, I don't know these other words. I'm not sure how we guess which one goes where. Well, we should inspect the other doors and see if they all have circles. Like the door Mm. to the dining room, did that have a circle, both dining rooms? Yeah, both of the dining rooms have these circles as well. But it's a bit hard to tell at the moment which, like, what letters they might correspond with. If you try to put one in, then you can tell. Hmm. And it looks, you know, like a fifth letter and a final letter. Hmm. How many doors uh, and placard spots do you have, by the way? So we have four bedrooms and two dining rooms and the table and the door that Julia's at. Oh, and the one that you opened before. 
was the same oh, as well. Right. Sorry. Okay. So we definitely have more mm. more places to put them than we have placards. Mm. Let's take the ones out of the doors that didn't have circles. Okay. You have them in your collection again. Okay. So, so this one is a no circle door. This one is a no circle. One of the di- so so the two dining room doors both have slots, but only one of them looks like it has a spot with a circle. Yeah. The slots you've found so far are on every door and the desk in the study. All have slots. And there are circles on both dining rooms, two of the bedrooms, one of the east doors, and on the desk. Yes. Oh, I missed one of the east Good clarification. Okay. Was there a door to the hallway? Uh, There was just the front door that goes out of the actual house. And you can leave at any time, but that's not your mission. But we care about Julia. I I don't think we can get far enough away for leaving to matter. That's also fair. Um, You'd be surprised, apparently, reading about Pompeii and how many people were able to just walk away. Oh, that's cool. That's good to know. The number of people who got out versus who died is staggeringly cheerful. <laughs> they don't tell you that part. No. Okay. I don't, like, I'm feeling like these seven mystical creatures are involved, but that may not be true. We don't know what these words mean. We don't know what the words mean. We have water, but we don't know if we wanna, what we would want to use it for. We have a mosaic with seven mystical creature, mythical creatures on, uh, on them, and we're not sure what to do with them. We have a statue that wants to hold something. We could hand him one, could ask him, because he's a god. What yeah, do? I, I don't suppose he's the god of puzzles. <laughs> he does not look receptive. Wait a second. We have... Oh, no, that's still not the right numbers. We have the four lions, two people pointing left, two people pointing right. But that's one more than we have Yeah, that's eight people. I thought about that. Mm. I felt really good about that for just a second. (laughs) Hmm. And we have all of the vases with numbers of people around them also. Don't you hate it when it's possible to count things in an escape room and sometimes numbers might end up the same (laughs) (laughs) just by coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes you want to hit your head. <laughs> Had to change a whole thing in uh, the last connected arc in one of the rooms because I accidentally made it so that you needed, I don't know, you needed nine numbers for something and there were nine steps in the room. Oh, <laughs> so, yes, I Oh, no, I've got to fix that. Apparently that's all anyone's going to think about. Um, well, these might be the, I mean, this is getting a little bit farther ahead, but these might be the letters to our six-digit lock, because we've only found six places with circles. That seems like a very reasonable thought. Can we examine the lock and see if there's an A and an I on the discs? Uh, there are indeed. They, are, they, they seem to contain the almost full gamut of the Roman alphabet. Um. Which is... Most of them, just no Js. <laughs> yeah. Like 24, 23 letters? V and U are the same thing. Yeah. Low 20s. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, possibility. I would say likely. But how are we going to figure out which one of these goes where? Um, Indeed, especially when you don't have all of them yet. We've taken a closer look at the skylight. 
Yeah, all right. So you look up and that skylight is the only really interesting thing about the ceiling. Everything else is just plain with wooden beams for structural support. The one place they couldn't get their painters to get to. <laughs> On any other day, you'd expect the skylight to bring in lots of light, but the sky is not its best color right now. In fact, tiny bits of ash and even the occasional flaming cinder occasionally float in. This can't be oh, safe dear. for very long. This is quite the timer. Cool, you have officially ticked off everything on the observable items list, <laughs> which means now you can properly just be messing with Just stuff. solve some puzzles, gosh. <laughs> no, it's not necessarily to start solving with puzzles, it's the messing with stuff. <laughs> messing with That's stuff. True. Okay, so we can touch stuff. We've only observed. Yeah, sure. This whole place is going to be burnt slash preserved in it at any minute. You can do whatever you want. Let's go mess with the statue. All right, he's pretty heavy. He can't be messed with too far. Like you can't flip him over or anything like that. But yeah. Oh. You touch you, you touch him a bit. I mean, there's always something behind the art. There's always something behind the art. That's true. Can we remove the art? The portrait? That's the stuff. Yeah. Yes. You take down the oldest looking of the portraits and you check behind it. With it in your hands, first of all, you make an observation. You notice that the paint is super thick. It's so thick that it's almost like it's still wet. It looks like it's ready to drip off. They kind of overdid it there. There is something on the back. Yes. Something that easily comes off when you pull at it. A rectangular placard with the word Taberna inscribed on it. Oh. Okay. So you found another one. So now we have an eighth one. And we have two Tabernas. So, and if you if you check behind the other portraits as well, most of them don't have anything, but one other one has another one that says triclinium on it. All right, now while they're solving this puzzle, we have a cool announcement for you. This season of Escape This Podcast is supported by our friends at Buzzshot. Now, I know a lot of our listeners own escape rooms or want to own an escape room or plan to own an escape room, and Buzzshot is the customer management software that you need. Buzzshot provides services both front-end and back-end, including your waivers, photos, SMS services, reviews, and so much more. Yeah, it's fantastic. We've actually done a room that uses Buzzshot, and from a customer perspective, we still remember that months later. The process of taking your photo using the app, putting in all your team details, getting your time emailed to you with the ability to share that photo and immediately review... It felt really cool and professional and like a real part of the experience. Now, for our listeners, Buzzshot is offering a free two-week trial. And not only that, if you subscribe to their services, they are offering you, for your first month, 80% off. Yeah, that's not a typo. 80% off. Now, to get that offer, you just need to go to buzzshot.co slash escape this podcast. And it has the added benefit of proving to everybody what spectacular influencers we are. Twirl moustache. <laughs> We've also got some other little bits of news as well. First of all, we recently ran one of our escape rooms, uh, an escape room from season one, which you may remember, Les Miserables Escape, uh, which we ran for the folks over at On In Five. Where On In Five usually is a sort of musician slash band breakdown show. It's really interesting. Uh, but we went on and we ran our most musical themed escape room for them. So if you haven't listened to the original run from season one, or you have and you want to see how different people take a crack at one of our rooms, uh, go and check that out. It's just been released, uh, I think, a day before this episode came out. So 
We've got links in the show notes below. Follow those and go listen to even more Escape This Podcast. We're also going strong with Solve This Murder at the moment. So if you haven't been listening to Solve This Murder, go and check it out. It's been really fun. We're about halfway through our current mystery and we'll be starting a new one in a few weeks. So anywhere you want to jump in, uh, just jump in at the start of a mystery. I also take the time in the middle here to talk about our Patreon. Uh, if you're not supporting us on Patreon, that's perfectly legitimate. There's no need to on your end. This is free content. It will always be free. But this is a year we're trying to really grow things on our end. So if you've been thinking about possibly getting onto the Patreon and you haven't, it would be a really lovely time for you to do that. Uh, there's plenty of fun stuff there. If you want to hear the playtests for these rooms, you can find them all there. If you want other behind-the-scenes stuff or, or us playing through public domain murder mysteries or playing choose-your-own-adventure games, we do bonus episodes there fairly often, at least every two weeks. We also have badges. A new badge is currently in the mail waiting to arrive at our home, which we'll then send out to new people, uh, which is a season three badge. But we are doing a badge for every season of the show, picking either a favorite moment or a theme from that season. Uh, so if you want those badges, there's no other way to get them. There will be other things happening this year as well. Keep an ear out there. We should be announcing some merchandise soon. If you have any ideas for merch you'd like to see, send us an email or, or tweet at us. Uh, about what you might like to see from the show. Uh, there's definitely going to be a few, and I know we have to get an Always Check the Door shirt. I'll give you more information about that as it comes out. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Oh, and just before we get back, I don't know if you've reviewed the show. It's been a while since we've called for reviews. It's always really nice to see new reviews for the show and, and see that it's growing. So, so that'd be lovely to leave a review on iTunes or, or, or any or Stitcher or wherever else you, you listen. And if you do, like tweet at us. Say that you've left a review so I can thank you. Other than that, I hope you enjoy this season. It's been going really well so far, and I will let you get back to it right now. Okay. So we have so, two triclinium, two taberna, four... Tabicula, which, which we think are the bedrooms, and one tabinium. Tabinium, Okay. I think that's what I wrote. Uh, Tablinum. T A B L I N U M. Tablinum. Tablinum. Okay. Tablinum. Well, so the the tri ones and the tab ones are probably one of those sets goes in the dining room. Well, it could also be the shops. Oh no, there's only one. There's only one. Only one the, yeah. Well, okay. no, 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 because there no, are no, two no, doors. Was, it's just only one has a yeah, circle. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. So yes. let's try the the tab ones in the shops. And if we don't like that, we'll try them in the, well, we won't no, know. No, 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 there's only, there's two doors in the shops, but only one of them has a slot. So the, it's no, been... no, both of them have slots. One oh. of them just has a circle. I just, yeah. All right, cool. I'm yeah. not on top of this. So yeah, it's a little confusing. All of the doors have slots. Mm -hmm. You can always put a rectangular thing into a door. Uh, but only some of them have those little circles highlighting individual letters. Got it. And the only reason that the study is different with the desk is because <laughs> it doesn't have a door. there's no door. <laughs> Got it. Okay, let's take the tablinium one and put it in the study. All right, you do so, and as usual, it fits, and the indent on the desk looks like it lines up with the sixth letter. One, two, three, four, five, six, N. So, great. Now we just need to decide whether the tabs and the tries, which are the shops and which are the dining rooms. Well, let's just try them one way and hopefully but it works we won't out. No, because but it, but if it spells something, then then we're in business, and if it doesn't spell something, then we can swap. Let's do it. 
uh, just just so people at home can follow, why have you chosen? Like, how have you decided to to do these parts? Like, you chose the cubiculums with the bedrooms and the tablinum was the study. What what made you choose those? There were four cubiculums and there were four bedrooms, and then there was only one uh, tablinum and there was only one and only study. one study. So now we have awesome. two sets of two, and we're trying to decide which one to try. Which one with. the taberners are, and which one the triclinians are. Yes. Hmm. I'm gonna and what go, do you know about what's in each of these rooms? Taberna being the dining rooms, just because it sounds like table. Except there is no table. But you're right, there's no table in the dining rooms. What is in the dining room? Recliners. Because Three room. recliners. Three. Tri- oh, we take the triclinium. Okay, cool. Yep, three recliners is tricliniums. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Latin's easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do that. All right, so now let's go back through all of these just to clarify. So some of these indents have faint circles on them. On the desk, it lined up with the sixth letter. One of the dining rooms, it lines up with the fifth letter. The other dining room under the final letter. Okay, an L and an M. At one of the shops under the final letter. An A. And the two bedrooms were the fourth and final letters. So we have, an, we have two A's, an I, an N, an M, and an L. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we write those out? In yes, there? I did. I wrote them here, but you can't see that part of the paper. <laughs> so this is supposed to be my, my thing, but... I mean, you're hard. good at anagramming, but I don't know how often you're anagramming in Latin. I know. Fortunately, uh, many words happen to be very kindly the same in English and Latin. Okay. Um, and there has definitely been something that gives a suggestion of what the master of this household was into. Uh, art. He's very into and money <laughs> and and recliners. <laughs> um, main something Lynn. No, how many days earlier? Aim. Uh, animal. Oh yeah. There was there was indeed an awful lot of animal art in all of the bedrooms. That is true. They could were really into animals. They are. It also could be Manila, but you know that's <laughs> kind of far away. <laughs> All right, well, you try Manila and nothing happens. Sorry, failed. <laughs> ah. Kaboom! <laughs> the volcano explodes. Animal. You try animal, and the desk drawer opens. All right. And inside, you find a piece of paper, or probably papyrus, more likely, and there's some sort of diagram in here, and you are going to be sent this diagram. So when you receive it, if you could describe what you see. should be in the Skype chat. I'm opening it up right now. It's a PDF from the past. <laughs> Stands for past yeah, document you know, something. Papyrus document format. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, there is a hallway running left to right. There are four rooms: two on the north side, two on the south side. On the left, it looks like there are three circles. There, one is yellow, one is kind of a goldish color, one is silver, and on the right. There are grapes. Each room has a rectangle in it, and the one in the northeast corner 
has an arrow that's kind of swooping down into the right coming off of that rectangle. That's a fairly accurate description. Yeah. For people at home, this image is also linked in the show notes below, so you can open it up and judge the accuracy of that description yourself. Describing this is the entire reason I'm here. (laughs) I like outsourcing. What can I say? (laughs) Okay, so we now have a diagram. We've opened the desk drawer. We have a diagram. Mm-hmm. This doesn't look like a place that we've been. No, it does not. Those could be gold, silver, bronze. They, they certainly could be. Um, I like winning. That's true. <laughs> um, grapes. I mean, the only place we know anything about food is that there were some empties in the dining room. That doesn't really feel real good. And we're still looking for a key for Julia's door. Mm. Oh, yes. Although, of course, that might be pretty final. That's fair. And we still are trying to figure out what those curtains mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yes. all the animals in the mosaic. It's yes. true. We have a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have any other missions except find a key, but I guess we need to figure out where the key is hidden. I mean, that's usually how it goes. Right. Um, what did Greg do with it? Greg. <laughs> Greg. Curse you, Greg. Huh. It's going to be a fun season for Greg. (laughs) True. (laughs) Well, that diagram is interesting because one of those looks like it moves. So it's hiding something or it's a lever of some kind. I wonder if we want to go into the bedroom in the the northeast corner. I think that's good. Let's go there. All right. You take a look and... Yeah, I mean, you sort of look at the diagram and the way that the bedrooms are laid out and the beds inside the bedrooms, and it does look pretty similar. However, you go to that northeast bedroom and you sort of look at the bed and there doesn't really seem to be anything doable with it or interesting about it. You, like you Can we yeah, move it to the can, other wall? You can. You can move it aside. But again, nothing interesting. And this feels odd because it feels very much like you're on the right track. So maybe the orientation is different. So maybe it's actually inverted. Maybe the grapes are representing these dining rooms where you're supposed to be lounging around. And the coins are the shops. Are the shops. So let's go to what is for us the southwest corner. Yeah, so flipping that diagram over so that it lines up with the actual sort of orientation of the rooms that you're in. Exactly. All right, so you try exactly the same thing. You go into the southwest bedroom and you try all the same sort of stuff. This time the bed doesn't move as easily and you examine it and you realize there's something funny going on with the bed legs. Um, One of the legs is actually longer than all of the others, but you can't see it because the floor has been altered to accommodate that. There's a slight hole in the floor for the longer leg to sit in. You move the bed, you lift it up and you take a look in this hole and you can reach in and you grab it. You find inside that hole, some sort of ancient spanner-like device. Hmm. Spannerum. Let's give it to the statue. You put it in the statue's left hand, and he looks like he's trying to eat a spanner. <laughs> <laughs> it's art. Don't judge me. <laughs> you just can't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Get on my level. All right, we take it back. And... Can we put the spanner into the water and, like, put it into any of those pipes? It's a bit too fat to fit into any of the pipes, which is quite remarkable. Consi- like, the pipes must be really thin, considering it fit into that bed hole. 
Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Besides, if you manage to stick it in one of those pipes, who knows where it would be carried? <laughs> it could be lost forever. Hmm. So we have the vase art. We have the mosaics with the mythological creatures. And we have the curtains. We have the curtains. Um, is there anything behind any of the other art? No, those were the only things. Though, like, you just mean the portraits, right? Because the wall yeah. art is yes. painted, painted on the yes. wall. Do the, cool. mosaic, do, do the mosaics on the floor move at all, or are they, that's really in there? Like, there are thin gaps between those seven interesting tiles. So it looks like they could be, but with your hands, there's no way that you could do it. Your fingers are just a little bit too fat. <laughs> hmm. Does the spanner fit? It doesn't. It's too big. Oh, everything is too big. <laughs> um, I legitimately have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were on the right track when you said that one thing that you still had to do was think about those curtains. Okay. Okay. Lion's going one way. Where did we see all the lion doorknobs? It was on just the bedroom doors. On all the bedroom doors? Yes. Yeah, so all four of the bedroom doors have a lion painted on them. Can we? That was the door handles that have gladiators sculpted into them. Let's turn those so all to the left. Set, except two of the gladiators face right and two face left. Oh, yeah. But the lions all face left. So let's set all the lions to the left and there, there, were, there were doorknobs with gladiators? Let's say that based on the orientation of the doors, all of those lions are looking left. Yeah, Got if you it. look at the door from the inside of the bedroom, the lions are all facing left. Then we would like to set the northmost gladiator handles okay. to the left and the southmost gladiator handles to the right. Yeah, you can twist those door handles and you can turn them 180 degrees to lock the doors. So that does indeed work. You don't even have to close the doors, but you can turn them that way. So it does work that they will stick at flipped 180 degrees over so you flip them so that two of these gladiators are facing left and toward uh away, away from, from the, the lions. lions and two of them are facing right towards the lions so it looks like two of them are getting ready to fight two of them are getting ready to run away once you do this you hear a click come from somewhere in the atrium just outside the door of the bedroom that you're currently in you go to investigate, and you see that a low wall tile has popped open, revealing a little secret hole. Yay, little oh, secret great. hole. Uh, let's... let's investigate the secret hole. You stick your hand right up in there. Uh, you find a small tool that, as far as you know, has not survived the mo to the modern age, but it looks like a very, very narrow trowel. Uh, let's okay. go and see let's what we can do with the mosaics. With dig that. up those mosaics. <laughs> Yeah, all right, this trowel is indeed narrow enough to fit into the gaps in the mosaic, and you can pop the creature tiles out. Well, you can pop five of them out. The top one, the pyralis, and the bottom one, the cacus, they do not move. They are stuck where they are. Okay. But yay, Big Lip Elk comes along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, so we have five tiles now. Five. Uh, uh, um, okay, five tiles. <laughs> Well, we have art, we have vases with numbers of people. They're all different. There might be a five. Um, I'm wondering if we need to put them back into particular places in that. In the right in order. That, in that order. In, like, or order them. 
Seems reasonable. Um, well, if these ones are staying put. Oh, what if it's a size thing? Because the top one is like a, is like a bug and the bottom one is a giant. Cool. Yeah, we could do that. My drawings are not of the appropriate scale. <laughs> so I did mm, draw the last the, one big. The, I mean, an elk is pretty big. Yeah. The so we have the the bird. The we, yeah. So we, yeah. We 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 have the bird who may or may not heal people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we have the flesh eating bird. Yes. 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 Uh, this one was an owl, so that's probably next. That was also a bird. I mean, it depends on the size of the flesh eating bird. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure the little uh, the little sick or not sick bird looks sort of like a like a dove or a pigeon. Like yeah, a, like a dove. And okay. the Strix is first. more owl size. It's, a, it's, an it's owl. a big old mean owl. Okay, so so then this I don't remember what this was, but I think this is third, and then the man goat, and then <laughs> this one. So the three that you haven't done are the ox, the elk, and the fawn. The ox, the elk, and the oh. fawn. Okay. Buff buffalo, not ox. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. The poison buffalo. I, I forgot so it was a buffalo. Po poison buffalo is gonna is go gonna be, it's, it's gonna go um it's, it's very big. It's it's at the bottom just right. above the cake is. So four and three like this. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, so but no one else can hear what you're doing. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> So 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 give us a give us a rundown of your order. First the little bird, then the yep. owl, then mm -hmm. the form. Then the fawn, fawn, I wrote fawn, fawn. <laughs> then the one with like Mr. Tumblr uh, pronunciation. I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> Countries. <laughs> when you're talking to people, oh, when you're fawn. talking to people who don't have R's in any of their words, you just throw them in. You assume <laughs> where they may have been dropping them. <laughs> They're Australians. There's probably an R in there somewhere. Uh, then the one with the lips. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then the one with the poison. <laughs> yep. You shuffle all these tiles around until they're in this order, smallest to largest, and when the last one is in place, a trickling sound comes from above you. There's something dripping on the fawn tile. You look up and see that a teeny tiny hole has popped up in the ceiling, has popped open in the ceiling, directly above this, and a tiny stream of liquid is pouring down. It's not water, though. It looks kind of like wine. You have no idea where it's coming from, but meh. Yeah, it's falling down, slightly staining the fawn tile on this mosaic. I'm going to go into the dining room and grab one of the vessels from the dining room to the, to the north side. Ooh, which ah. one of the many vessels will you choose? Uh, <laughs> you must choose wisely. <laughs> the, the one that looks most humble. <gasps> you have chosen poorly. You should have chosen the cool one. <laughs> Jesus loved cool cups. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember Mark 16 and Jesus said man love cool cups <laughs> sorry go on look at all this shiny stuff man I love gold bling alright <laughs> alright you take your favourite cup and you take it back and Start you can use that to catch the slow trickle of wine yeah. it'll fill up but it'll take a while but yeah Good job. Fill it on up, and then we give it to the statue. He's no longer drinking ah. a spanner. He's drinking a cool <laughs> cup of wine. Mm. This cup fits perfectly into the statue's left hand. It does look like he's taking a drink from it. And you hear a little whirring noise coming from his other hand. You take a look, and that thing that looks like it's supposed to be a torch that he's holding with his right hand now has a small opening on top. 
you can't reach inside, but when you're getting close, you think you get a whiff of something petrol-like in there, or uh, the remnants of petroliness. Hmm, that's uh, gasoline for our <laughs> American audience at home. <laughs> okay. Is it spanner time? Well, it could be, but what are you going to spanner? The little hole. Does not fit inside That's that too big. <laughs> Damn it, Greg. <laughs> By the way, for your American audience, Spanner is a wrench. Oh, right. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Uh, it's a wrench for our American audience. To be fair, Spanners and wrenches didn't actually exist in ancient Rome, so this is technically neither of them. It's a spinicular. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the thing in the second dining room. I what? forget. I, I have no idea what I drew, but it's that thing. <laughs> <laughs> what does it look like? It looks like a receptacle of some kind, maybe. Hmm. I have no idea. I have no idea what you drew. I, I thought that we had one of those little um, sl- uh, slots for, for, the, for the wood things on the floor there, and then I forgot about it. Uh, this was... Fastened to one of the walls, an oil lamp. Oh, that's what it's supposed oh, to be. Oh, right. Look at that. Yeah, that. <laughs> it looks like no, an oil I can lamp. See it. Let's take that lamp. <laughs> it looks like a genie's coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, we fail. Yes, let's take that. All right. So yeah, with your spanner against the metal bracket, uh, you can get this oil lamp loose. It's built kind of like a teapot, this oil lamp, and it's not lit, but it is full of oil. Hmm. What do we want to add oil to? Maybe we want to pour it into the hand of the statue that smelled like petrol. Mm, yeah, it was the hand that was holding yeah. the, 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 the torch. The yeah. unflaming torch. Yeah, let's, so, let's do that. Yeah, all right. You go over to that and you pour a little bit of the oil from your oil lamp into this hole that has just opened up in the mini torch. And yeah, it seems, it seems like it belongs there. It looks like the oil lamp pouring bit, the spout, fits quite nicely into the hole. So it looks like it was meant to be doing this. Now he's got oil in his torch. This this sweaty drinking god man. So now we need to figure out how to how to bring it some fire. I mean, hmm. we could also just wait, and the volcano will do the work for us. <laughs> wait, wasn't there ash and stuff falling in through the skylight? Yes. There was there indeed. Was. Embers and ash. Yeah. All right. Vesuvius We're... helps everyone. Let's go and grab. You can tell that Danny designed this room during the uh, terrible fires <laughs> <laughs> plaguing our country. Because if you look out the window, there's cinders and ash everywhere. <laughs> All right. We're going to go and <laughs> grab one of those plates or vessel, you know, vessel that has kind of a good, good catching surface mm-hmm. and uh, grab us some. Go on an ember hunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's a gift from the gods. Yeah, perfect. All right, so you take one of the plates and you hold it above your head and you just start running around underneath the skylight trying to catch the good bits. <laughs> and then you, what do you do with them once you've got them? You're going to have to act fast here before they, they go out. Scurry over and toss it onto the, uh, 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 onto the torch. You pour some of these little embers onto that torch and it lights up into a solid flame. Now it makes sense that this guy's sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not all. 
the way that his arm is positioned, you remember his right arm and now the fire is right up against one of the portraits, the, the oldest one with looking all portrait. The paint that had been mm-hmm. repainted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of these all of this stuff this paint is really loose and gluggy and this close to fire, it starts just sort of drizzling off. And you can see that it's been painted on wood and you can now see that there is something carved into that wood. The letter I. So we have I wood. Yes, this is wood. It doesn't look very woody. Does the toy... Yeah, apparently they liked, apparently they liked reusing things a lot. So whatever this wood was originally used for, some <laughs> writing purposes, they decided, yeah, we're done with that. Ancestor time. <laughs> this is grandpa. This is grandpa's <laughs> rectangle now. <laughs> Never forget grandpa unless you light the statue. <laughs> Okay. Does that, that torch doesn't move. The torch does not move. Correct. But now we've melted off the paint. Yeah, and we've revealed the letter I. What if we bring the other paintings over to the, to the flame? All right. You take down one of the portrait that is melted now, and you put the next portrait over in its place. And the same thing happens. The paint starts dribbling off, and it reveals a secret letter. This one is the letter X. These might be Roman numerals. Hmm. Yes. Okay. We continue. The next portrait reveals two letters, a V and an I. Crazy. Okay. And then the one after that reveals an I and a V. And then the last one reveals three I's. Okay. So we have three, four, six, one and ten. Not in that order. Okay. Yes, that, was, that wasn't even forward or reverse. That was just randomly was as to when you got good. those numbers. <laughs> that was the order in which I wrote them in this corner of the piece of paper where they fit. I feel like the order might matter. Okay, so I can, I can give back the order. We have uh, one, ten, six, four, three. Yeah. And that seemed to be just going from the portraits, oldest portrait to newest portrait. So that's a fair order. Hmm. I go and I grab the girl and I just scream, one, ten, six, four, three. <laughs> Evacuation mode activated. <laughs> Leaving Pompeii now. Rescuing Potter. Um, this is the art with all the people. Can we... I don't know, investigate the, va- the vases in the order of 1, 10, 4, 6, 4, 3? Uh, when you say the order of 1, 6, I 10, mean, 4, oh, no, 3. No, 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 no. We want to investigate the order of the, the, the art that's I painted mean, on the wall. But there's, the, there's, the vase, there's a vase with one person around it, and there's a vase cool, with 10 cool. people yeah. around it. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yep. Yeah. All right, so you go over to the vase picture that has one person holding it and you give it a good thorough investigation and as you do you do notice something interesting the vase can be pressed in Mm. let's press it in all right you press that one in and it goes in and slowly comes out again but you think you hear a tiny clunk of something going on inside the wall let's move to the one with 10 people around it same thing. Repeat for six, four, and three in that order. 
You run around to all the different walls. You press on these vases. Once you've pressed on the one surrounded by three people, inside the wall comes not that soft clunk that you heard with the others, but a quite heavy one. A very distinct gunk. And then from the center of the room comes the sound of fast-moving water. You turn to look at the pool, and to your surprise, the water level is rising. It's like you've reversed something in their mechanics, and now the pipes are pouring water back into it. This is... This is a fancy place! Yay, sewage! (laughs) And when you approach, you see that water isn't the only thing coming out of the pipes. Out of one of them, a key has shot out. Yes! Somebody must have dropped it and lost it in the plumbing. Who would do such a thing? Grab the key and run over and open the door. You you shove Julia out of the way. Get out of here, girl! Good, good elbow. You get to the taberna, Taberna. whose door she's investigating, and you shove the key in the lock, you swing open the door, you prepare to grab Julia's father and run, and there's nobody in here. That's... You've searched the entire house, and he's not there. He's not in here. And yet Julia gives an exclamation that sounds relieved. You shoved her out of the way before, but now she shoves past you, and she ducks under the counter in this shop, pulling something out, and she hugs it like she's been missing it for years. It's a portrait, just like the ones in the atrium. Only the man in this one is a bit younger than all of the others, and the paint is definitely newer. Uh, her dad wasn't in her. Her dad's dead, isn't he? She just wanted to bring the only picture of him with her when she left. <sighs> All right. Well, well. now that she's got it, you can escape. You gently steer her towards the exit. The sky is darkening rapidly, and Vesuvius, while super amazing to see this close, could not look more terrifying. The streets are full of people carrying their belongings and either walking or running. No one seems entirely sure how much urgency they should have. But the ones that make you feel really bad are the houses that nobody seems to be leaving. Maybe they're already gone, but you know that not everyone gets out of this. You and Julia run for what feels like hours and the crowds are thinning, and all of a sudden, in perfect synchronicity, your watch's alarms start beeping. Julia looks around wildly for the source of the weird noise, but you can't worry too much about that because, as you were warned, this means you are about to vanish back into the present. You wave a quick goodbye and you sprint off hard to the left behind a dense copse of trees, and just in time, a crazy swirling sensation enters your stomach and with a feeling like you're being pulled into a vacuum cleaner, your vision goes black. And next thing you know, you're back in Doc Bill's secret lab. He smiles at you. But there's a strange emotion behind it. My computer readouts tell me you fixed the time anomaly. I'm so proud. But... It's probably nothing. It's just... Greg hasn't reappeared. I thought after fixing the anomaly it would bring him right back. He's still lost in the time stream somewhere. I do hope he's learned his lesson and isn't making any other changes to the past. Dot 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 finished. dot dot. <laughs>